Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed, so enjoy this message. What's up, Freedom House, and welcome to our online experience. I've got my beautiful bride. What's up? How you doing? Wait, we're not supposed to do that. Elbow tap. Elbow tap, that's right. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) We've also got our campus pastors sitting all around us. We're so glad to have them, and we're so glad to have you. First of all, I just want to tell you something. I want to tell you something from the bottom of our heart is that we love you, we love you, we love you very much, and we have been thinking about you every single day, every day. And we've been praying for you, praying for your family. We've been praying for your businesses. We've been praying for your kids. We've been praying for everybody that's involved with you. And and we just want to let you know we are with you. Um, We are a church ready to serve you, be with you, love you, help you, whatever you need. We are here for you. And I know we got a lot of guests. We got a lot of people from all over the world. All over the world. We are so glad that you are joining us today. And by the way, just in case you don't know who we are, tell them who we are. I'm Troy Maxwell. I'm Penny Maxwell. (laughs) We're the senior pastors here at Freedom House. And so we're just excited to get to be in your living room or in your office with you wherever you are right now. So we just are honored. Yeah, can I do a little, just a little, little housekeeping stuff? Because we got a lot of folks that are watching from sure. Charlotte and, and all over. And, um, and one of the things that we were planning as a church, actually, in the coming weeks is our Liberty Offering. And uh, what we decided to do in light of all of the stuff that's going on, coronavirus and shutdowns and everything, is we are going to postpone our Liberty Offering and just release you from that. I know we've been asking you to pray and believe and, and get ready to give. But we feel like right now is it's a better time for us to focus in on what we need to do as a church for our community and the people that are serving around us. Right, so, so we're still going to do that, and we're still going to minister in all the places for that liberty offering that we said. We're just going to push it off a little bit because right now the needs right here in our own community are so great that we want to attend to those right. the best we can. And so we're in a series. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about the series. This series is called Pet Peeves. Anybody in here got some pet peeves? Anybody online got some pet peeves? I know I do. Um, Am I one of them? No, not today. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) No, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) I think I was a little bit earlier. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) But we, we just want you to know that Not only do we all have pet peeves, but God has pet peeves as well. As a matter of fact, in 2 Samuel, I was reading a verse that says that God got really upset. It actually said that God's anger burned. And I'm not sure about you, but I don't think that I would necessarily want to make God's anger burn. But I want to tell you what happened in that scenario. Because I think right now, maybe we might be able to find ourselves in there, and yeah. then we can back out of that yeah. and get on the right track. But what was happening is David was king, and there was a lot going on in this kingdom. And the tendency is, when you go through trials or tribulations, you want to look for comfort. But we have to make sure that when we go through a difficult time, like what we're going through right now, that we find our comfort in the right place. 
Well, what David did is David decided, and God had already told him not to do this. God had already told David, hey, I'm your source. Mm -hmm. I want you to trust me. I want you to make sure that I'm the one looking after you, that you're coming to me when you need something. But David did something that he shouldn't have done. And he decided to have his general go out, and he said, I want you to number and count all of my troops. Mm. Now, God had asked him not to do that because the tendency is, is to think that, you know what, I'm safe and I'm protected because the sheer number of troops that I have. And his general went out and did that, and he actually warned him against it and said, hey, David, don't forget, God told you not to do this but he went ahead and David did it anyway. And he counted his troops, he numbered his troops, and, and he said, I wanna know everyone that's in my army that can wield a sword. Every, every single one, I wanna know how many warriors, how many fighters I had. And they came back with a number, and the tendency is, is to go, okay, that's a really high number, I feel safe. Mm. I've got enough people that can fight for me, that can battle for yeah. me, I feel safe. Yeah. And God is saying, hey, wait a second, David, you've forgotten something here. When it was just you as a 17-year-old boy and a slingshot and a stone facing a giant, when it was one-on-one -on -one and you were way outnumbered in wow, size wow. and strength, so good. don't you know I still had you? So good. I don't want you relying on what you see with your eyes. I want mm. you trusting and relying Come on, on me. So Preach. think about it like this. Come on. Are you numbering? Are you going in on your account right now? Are you constantly looking at how much money is in your account because that makes you feel safe? Are you going to your stocks right now every day watching your stocks, trying to decide if you're protected or if you're not Very protected based on what it says on your portfolio? Are you trusting in things you can see with your eyes or are you trusting God you are good. You've gotten me through before. I know you're going to get me through now. And I think that's wow. what God got upset with. Come on. So I want to make sure that I'm not invoking one of God's pet peeves right. in something that I'm doing. And I think all of us can take yeah. a look at that right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I think it's so good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about three things, okay? Just three things in the few minutes that we have with you, um, wherever you might be. We're going to talk about let, let's get some hope and give it away because I think that's exactly what you're talking about is the fact that we need to change from, because we end up worrying about something. Which, which isn't God, hope. Which isn't hope. We end, up, we end up putting our faith in something that really isn't God, and, and that can let us down, what we see, what we feel, um, maybe what we hear, uh, like right now, what we hear. Uh, also, when we, we're looking at our accounts and everything. I, I want to talk about how, what it looks like right now to build our families, and then what it looks like to be the church. Come on. And so let's just talk, first of all, let's, let's get some hope. Why? So we can give it away. We need to give it away. So hope how do we dealers. get some hope? We need to be some hope dealers. Hope is the confident expectation of good. Now, I know you're thinking, well, there's nothing good right now. Well, that's why you need to have hope. <laughs> you need to have some hope. Where do you get it from? You get it from God. See, the opposite of it is worry. Worry is the confident expectation of bad or the worst thing. Here's what happens. Our minds, if left to themselves, will always go to the darkest place. Wow. And so we've got to make sure, what are you occupying your mind with? And now this is our sin nature. This is our flesh that does this. This is what happens with us. Is we have a nature called our flesh, our sin nature. And our tendency, especially in our minds, 
When we are hearing information, seeing things, working through stuff, family, finances, life, uh, the world, when we see all these things, our tendency is to go to the worst thing. And this is what we do. We put ourselves in the worst story. We end up putting ourselves in the middle of the worst story. Well, this is what's going to happen to me. This is, this is going to be so bad for my family. We're never going to make we it. Start Everything's gonna fail. We start bad. ruminating on We start ruminating. Now, here's what the Bible says. I, I love what Paul does in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because he tells us how to deal with it. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, and here's one thing I've learned about my mind. I take it with me wherever I go. Most of the times. All the time. Uh, it's wandering, <laughs> but I do take it with me. We take our flesh wherever we go. We do not, but here's what he says. We don't war against the flesh. We don't war according to the flesh. So I'm not going to deal with my flesh with my flesh. The only way I'm going to deal with my flesh is with the spirit, That's with good. something spiritual. That's good. And so he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. And then here's what he does. He gives us three arenas that we have to battle in in, regard, in, in in helping with dealing with this mind that wanders, that ruminates, that, that goes to the neg negative. He says, I'm mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, that's the first arena, casting down arguments or imaginations, so strongholds, imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, that's the third arena, into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Now, here's the way it works, okay? I just saw this this week. It's so amazing. Here's how it works. We have a thought. It turns into an imagination it, and, and becomes a stronghold. We have a thought. It turns into an imagination, okay? So the thought is logic or fact. We hear something on the news. We hear something that somebody says. We read a tweet. We look at our finances. We look at the troops. We have this thought. We create a picture of what that thought is, we usually insert ourselves. It's not good. It's usually not good if we're left to ourselves. And then that thought becomes a stronghold, which is a behavior on the imagination, on the thought. So how, how does God tell us to deal with this? He says, bring every one of those into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. In other words, you have to inject God into your thought life. You have to inject God into your picture life. That means, that means that God is faithful. Okay, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's what he says he'll do. He's faithful. He's always going to be faithful. Well, he's not faithful right now, but he's working on the background. Look, we just sang a song called Waymaker that says, even though I don't see him, he's working. Even though I don't feel him, he's working. He's working in our behalf. He is, our, he is near. His name is Emmanuel. Isn't that great to know? I mean, his name is Emmanuel, God close to us, God with us. He is our healer. He's our refuge. He's our peace. So here's the thing. Never calculate a conclusion without God being a part of the equation. So let, let me say that again. Let me say that again. I wanted you to hear that first. Yes. So, all right. Never calculate, never calculate a conclusion without God being a part of the equation. Never calculate a conclusion without God being a part of the equation. So inject God. How do we do that? Colossians 3, 2. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. Don't spend all your time. So we may not know our position, but we can always choose our disposition. We may not know where we stand in the flesh, but we can choose how we think, what we see, and how we 
exhibit, habit that out. Isn't that great to know? That's incredible. That's incredible. So tell us how it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> Every little thing is going to be, be all right. right. Some of y'all have never heard that song yeah, before. That's because you're Don't old like me. Don't worry about a thing. Mm. Yeah, that's, right. that Sorry. shows our age. That shows our age right there, yeah. Uh, so I want to read this scripture in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, right verse 10. It says, and he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. Come on. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. You know, I like what you were saying earlier in a nutshell, is that we don't just believe for something, we believe in someone, right. and when you believe in the someone, the something doesn't really matter. That's right. Because that's not what you're believing in mm. and what you're trusting in, because the something can change, the someone will never change. So I love that you said that. Come on, Jesus. And I wanted to uh, read this, um, this quote by President Roosevelt, because you're looking at a time in history that was difficult. So I thought what I would do is talk about this because it was way more difficult than what we're going through right now. That's right. We're talking about 1933 when the unemployment rate was 25%, when we're in the midst of the, the Great Depression, when influenza was literally killing hundreds of thousands, hundreds of, of, thousands people, of people, like so many people. And... Uh, here, President Roosevelt has to get up and address the nation when we had never seen it so bad. It was really bad. And he says something that I think is so amazing, and I wanted to read it to you today. He said this. He said, this preeminently, the time to speak the truth and the whole truth. This is the time, right here, right now. The whole truth. We're to speak it frankly and boldly. Nor need we shrink from honesty facing conditions in our country today. Don't shrink back from what's going on. I mean, face it head on. Talk about the truth. But this great nation will endure. Mm. It has endured and it will revive. So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. Now, let me just give you a picture of what the last just 20 years, we're not going all the way back to the Great Depression, but let me give you a snapshot of what the last 20 years have looked like. Give and us some what, hope. Yeah, what we as a nation have walked through, um, because I want you to see that we've, we've come through some great things. The year 2000 was Y2K. You remember when everything was going to end, everything was over? We made it through that. And we made it through. Then we're in here. 2001, we had anthrax. Everybody remember that? Yep. 2002, the West Nile virus. Mm -hmm. 2003, SARS epidemic. 2005, the bird flu. 2006, E. coli, or if you live in, um, what county is it right now? Union, Union county, county, you know, in 2020. Uh, then 2008, we had the economic fall, which I know all of us are very familiar with. 2009, we had the swine flu. 2010 was the BP oil spill. Made it through that. Yeah, 2012 was the Mayan calendar. It was the end of the world. Yeah, we were supposed to end. It's, over. it's the end of the world as, as we, we know, know it. We're Do y'all remember that too? Yep. Okay, we're just going back for you. 80s. Then two really huge things happened um, in 2013. 
Uh, North Korea and the nuclear threats were huge, and then Kim Kardashian got divorced. We made it through it. We made it through. <laughs> 2014, we had Ebola and the breakout. 2015 was ISIS. 2016 was the Zika virus. And 2020, we have the coronavirus. Did we get through the last 20 years? Yes. So we're going to get through again. The other thing that I want to point out, which was so brilliant about Roosevelt when he's speaking, because what you may or may not remember from history is that during that time that he gave a speech, not only was the unemployment in just the, the trash, not only were hundreds of thousands of people getting killed, but he was personally going through a battle. He was battling polio, and he was confined to a, a wheelchair, and there was no cure. But here he is, not only is he leading, trying to lead a nation, and in essence the world, because we are the world leaders, he's trying to lead a world, but he also has to lead a personal and private mm. matter as well. Mm. And the thing that he kept dealing is hope. He was a hope dealer. Come on. And what all of us didn't know at that time was just a few short years later, someone would find a cure for polio. That's right. So I'm telling you, in times like these, we cannot give up hope because right. we don't know what God has already started working on. The seed is under the ground, and you may not see it, so but, but it may be in darkness, but it's because it's coming up and That's springing so up. So right. don't give up hope. So let's inject a little God into this. Yes. Romans 8, 28, um, all the way through verse 39, it says, And we know that God causes everything, everything. everything. He causes everything to work together even for the, the good. Even the hard times. Even the hard times. For the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. Verse 31, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his son but gave him up, for us all, won't he also give us everything else or everything that we need? Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is Come ours. On. Through Christ not who just loved victory, us. And I am convinced, come on, I'm not done. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels or demons, fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ, nothing will separate us. So here's what we got to do. We got to be opportunistic in these times and not look at everything as an obstacle. Look, we live in a great opportunity. So one of the great opportunities I feel like we have right now is to build our families. You know, the, this, I've been talking to different groups of people, and there's a whole group of people in our society right now. And you, you may be one of those where you're at home all of a sudden. Your company maybe uh, have yeah. shut down and you're at home. And it may seem like, oh my gosh, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm with the kids. I'm not exactly sure what to do. Things feel a little bit crazy. Could I just encourage you, could we just encourage you to use that time? 
right. use that time. There's another group of people that are on the front lines that are out there battling our medical right. professionals and Healthcare people. Workers. Yeah, and people that are the grocery store. IT that, people. Yeah, they've been working round the clock. So let's pray. If you're at home, you have a lot of things that you can do right now. One of them right now is to pray. That's right. Pray for those who actually are on the front lines physically, but when you pray, you get on the front lines spiritually as exactly. well, and you can connect with those people. Yeah. Pray yeah. for their strength, pray for their endurance. Yeah. Uh, and then while you're home also, I think there's some fathers that are back in houses that maybe hadn't been for a while. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of families are going to be renewed to the, to the, from an absent dad. Right. And, and dads, listen, you have an opportunity right now to reintroduce yourself to your family. And, and honestly, no excuse. You're there. Now it's time to be a dad. Now it's time to really invest in your kids, in your marriage. I think marriages are going to be restored. You know, I think, I think in nine months there's going to be a baby boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder what they're going to call that generation. You know, they call it the baby boomers. What is this going to be? I don't know. We'll have to make up a name for it. You know what else you can do? You can worship together. Put on some worship music. Um, even, no, it doesn't matter if you're at work. Because I know some people are working a lot of hours. Just find an empty room. Put some Hillsong on, some worship on, and just lift your hands to God and worship. Spend some time investing in yourself, spending time investing in who God wants you to be, and just spending time focusing on Him. Yeah. And I think it's also important. There are so many opportunities right now. If you're a part of Freedom House, there's a lot of opportunities to be the church to this city. Yeah. Uh, we literally, in the next... Um, coming weeks, there are so many people that need to be fed because there is a lockdown right now on the homeless, and so they're not allowed to be out on the streets, so they are actually in facilities because um, they don't want the virus to spread, so they need to be fed. So we've got plenty of opportunities for that, and also with our giving. We can be present in our giving. We That's can right. click online. That's exactly Maybe, right. you know, maybe you're one of those who is in the, you know, be at home, be careful, be quarantined condition. Hey, you, you might not be able to go there, but your finances can. Right. So we can still be That's givers. Right. We yeah. can still serve. Um, and we can so learn together, grow together. So let's get some hope. Give it away. Yeah. Let's, let's build our families right now. Let's invest in our families. Let's, let's, let's walk away from this situation with better families. And then, then let's be the church. Let's really focus on being the church. I, I can tell you right now, if you look back at history, I've, you know, as a pastor, I've done a lot of studying in history of, of especially the church. The church was built for this, guys. We, we were designed for times of crisis. We were built to reach our, our neighbors. We were built to do significant things and change lives. Um, we were birthed in faith. We were birthed as a church that would be resilient. We'll continue to be resilient. Um, right now is a phenomenal time to minister to people. I have had so many opportunities in the last 10 days. People have been calling me who I know, friends of mine, uh, that, that are struggling. They're struggling in their business. They're struggling in their families. Um, and they're going, what do I do, Troy? What do I do? And you know what I do? I point them up. Look, God, God is your answer. And, and I was just talking to a guy before before, uh, before this weekend, and, and he was telling me that, that he was quoting Scripture to me. He doesn't even come to church, and he was quoting Scripture to me. Even involved, and, you know, it's like there's a couple, you know, expletives, expletives, Scripture. 
<laughs> then some excellent, and then he's like, it's it awesome to see what God was doing in his heart when he was going through a tough time. He knew exactly where he needed to go, and that was to connect with God. You know, the Bible says, uh, Jesus told us, he said, you are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Church, now's our time to rise up. Now's our time to step in and fill the gap. Now's our time to walk through open doors. Now's our time to, um, to talk to our neighbors about Christ. Look, they're outside, they're home, they're trapped. And so you, you have an opportunity to minister to them. And I, I think it's, it's, it's very easy. I'm going to say something really strong right now because this is so important for us to understand. Situations like this can either cause you to be selfish or to serve. And I want to challenge you. Look, now's not the time to be selfish. You say, well, I can't go outside. That's okay. Okay, there's lots of ways that you can serve right in the comfort of your home. There's lots of ways that you can serve. I know, I know there's so many people, you, you address it, so many people that you're working so hard. We're praying for you. Healthcare, we are praying for you. Nurses, doctors, we are praying for you. We know. We want to help you. Let us know how we can help you as you know, the church. something that would be amazing is we've got so many healthcare workers that have literally been working around the clock. What if some of us that maybe don't have to go in and work 18-hour shifts, what if we called some of the places that are doing free delivery and we just sent it to their house? Yeah. Wow. Just finding ways to love on people. And right now, uh, I think we're at our strongest right. when we're in need because then we realize that the other person, I need them. Yeah. I can't yeah. do this by myself. That's exactly right. And then we can point each other to Jesus. That's right. You know, at the beginning of the church in Acts, um, they were in crisis. There was a governmental upheaval. Um, they had just lost their leader. Jesus had just died and was raised from the dead. I mean, we know that story. And so there was a lot of tension, a lot of turmoil. And here's what they did. Acts 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, meaning that they didn't isolate themselves from God and they didn't isolate themselves from each other. It says, in the breaking of bread, meaning they had communion. Hey, have some communion this week with your family and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. And check this out. Many wonders and signs were done. Many wonders and signs. They saw miracles happen. Now they all believed together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. In other words, they were generous so they could meet the needs of the people. I want to pray for you before we, we finish up. I want, to pray, I want to pray for your family. And I, I just want to invite you because I know we got a lot of people that are watching from all over. And, I, and maybe somebody invited you uh, to participate today. And maybe somebody, this is the first time you've ever experienced church. And you're, and you're feeling like, like all of us, you're feeling like, man, what is going to happen? There is so much uncertainty. And you know, we've all felt that. We've all, we've all been in a position where we didn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what to believe, what to hear, how to go, what to do. There's a rat race going around in our head. I'm going to tell you, there's one thing you can be certain about, and you can make that decision right now. You can be certain of your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you right now. Look, we, we've got people right online with you at all, on all of our platforms to pray with you, connect with you. And right now, listen, listen, I want you to just write, I want prayer to receive Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus right now, 
I want to pray with you. If you want to have certainty, look, everything may, may be uncertain. Uncertain finances, uncertain job, uncertain family. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that you can be certain of your eternity. And you can be certain of a relationship with a God who loves you, cares for you, and sent his son to die for you. And he desires right now for you to receive him. And God will change your life right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And we want to know who you are so we can connect with you, resource you, and give you some more hope as you walk through this. Let me pray with you right now. Those of y'all that are, that are with me, that are Christians, would, would you just play, pray as well? Uh, I know you got families around the, the television, around the computer, you're around your phone. Would you just pray with me, right? Let's just make that confirmation in our heart. Just say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that His blood cleanses me of all my unrighteousness and all my sin. Right now, I give my life to you. I confess you are my Lord and you are my Savior in Jesus' name.